Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 77 is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released every Friday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Hello. Hello. So, how are things? It's been a, it's been a week. Yeah, it's been a week. Um, I got a uh, lovely new game in the post, which oh, is still fine. installing. <laughs> yeah. That is the, the blessing of having a, a, a wee bit slower uh, internet connection. Yeah. Or is that just you just started download or uh, <clears throat> No, I've, since I've moved, I've got a slightly slower internet connection. I'm not on fiber optic anymore, so normal broadband so things take a little bit longer and i have been installing yeah. crackdown three for the past three hours <laughs> i i do i just want you to know that i feel your pain and i always have because for whatever reason america doesn't have you know fiber optic as like your standard in the city in a major city or i don't live in a village so at the very least i feel like i should have whatever is top tier available you know um and uh, yeah so I, I i know your pain <laughs> very well 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 okay so you were gonna play a game yeah i was gonna play a game and then uh that didn't happen <laughs> however uh yesterday i was playing fortnite uh it wasn't a particularly successful fortnite adventure for me i only got to uh i think 12 um but the uh, a couple of days before when I was playing two with my brother, I got two seconds, and someone messaged me and said trash, which lets me know I did well. That is how you know you did well. Someone reached out and, and complimented you. Mm-hmm. Trash. Oh, well, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, um, what was that? It's just that's how you know that you're really getting to people. Yeah, that's how you know you you've arrived. Yeah, trash. Well, uh, you know, to be completely honest, I've well, first of all, I've been sick, and uh, so this week I haven't. Well, I have had time to play games. Um, my family abandoned me, and and I make it sound worse. They they needed to. I was the inf- I was the entire infirmary, and they needed to get out of the house. So. Um, I've been sick and stuck up in the house for the last few days and, and, uh, while they're at a, at a, at an athletic function. But, uh, during that time I've completely washed out of like caffeine and any, anything else that I use pretty much to hold myself, cobble myself together during the week. And I feel very clear headed at the moment. Um, it could be because I've also gotten sleep, um, that, that has probably helped as well. I'm not you know, going to discount that. Um, 
But that said, I have had some time to play a few games, but nothing new. And and I looked, and I and I've spent time. I spent hours on the the eShop for Nintendo, for Xbox. Actually, Xbox, I didn't spend that much time, but uh, on PlayStation, I spent all my time on those two. And I could not find a game that just really piqued my interest that I wanted to play. Um, I've already played some of the new games out that had come out, and I, I wasn't really into it. I've got Kingdom Hearts, and I, and I don't have any desire right now to finish it. Um, Tides of Vengeance on World of Warcraft is supposed to release, so as of this recording, it has it releases this week on Tuesday. Uh, so by the time this comes out, it, it will have already released, and that's patch 8, 8.1.5, I believe. Okay. And so there's a new raid, uh, some other content, some new races that they're releasing. So I got onto Warcraft and started doing some of my dailies, trying to get my rep grinds up and I don't know, just it's, it's stuff that is fun. I like to go back and, and, uh, you know, dominate certain areas when I'm way overpowered, uh, go into old raids and old dungeons and, and just solo them and stuff like that. That's just fun. But I've always, I've almost always played this game by myself, which is kind of the opposite of what you do in an MMO. Um, and so finding things that have entertained me sometimes, uh, maybe are not traditionally what you do in, in those games, but that's really all I've played. However, I watched a, a video for Devil May Cry 5 and I enjoyed Devil, I think it was DMC, I think was the last one I played. It may have been the one before that. Um, anyway, I, I, I enjoyed playing that game and i don't know do you have any experience playing have you ever played devil may cry devil devil may cry no yeah. i i haven't played it before but uh when i was in high school it was definitely the game like everybody was obsessed well like if you like bayonetta i would think you'd like this game um because there's there are similarities other than well more superficial similarities i didn't have a console when it first came out it was on PlayStation. Uh, just I remember everybody playing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was PlayStation, and and uh, it was it was one of those games where I always thought it was cool to have the character, and I did, I could not tell you one second of the story. I have no idea what's going on, other than I know the main character Dante. I know him, and I know basically what his weapons are, and I believe he's like maybe the son of a demon or the devil, kind of. I don't know. Whatever, doesn't really matter, honestly. Um, because the game was fun and you fought giant bosses. He had like dual pistols that he would stylistically wield. You know, he was doing all this. If you've ever seen the movie Equilibrium, have you ever seen that? Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like, you know how they have the gun katas in Equilibrium and he's, you're, you're shooting the guns as if they were swords. Nada, nothing. No, that's not ringing about. Okay, well, in that movie, um, I believe it's Equilibrium. You can correct me in the comments. It's it's with Christian Bale. It's where everybody in the entire world is like drugged to be sterile and non-emotional. You know, unemotional. And right. and and he starts to rebel against all of that. And he's like the best at what he does. And he is one of like the enforcers, whatever they're called. And basically. He can. He has these martial arts. He, he practices this martial art where you basically are 
one with your pistols and you don't really have to look at things as you shoot them because not because your bullets bend or anything like that, but because you know, you can see things through your peripherals. And so you're shooting behind you and it's, it, it is really cool if you, well, I thought it was really cool at the time. And it, even now it stands up pretty well. It's kind of like the matrix only less fake you know, it's it's much more realistic, and and like the gun kata is actually its own martial art. It's pretty cool. Anyway, all that to say, that's how Dante shoots. He's like shooting behind his neck, behind himself. He's doing flips and shooting while he does it. Then he pulls his sword out, and the way he just f- would flow from swords to guns, jumping and flipping and all that stuff. That was just really cool, and it was a lot of fun. And you didn't really have to think a whole lot about it. You just played it. And I listened to Jim Sterling's, uh, you know, Jim Pression about it, and um, he gave it really a really solid review, uh, or a really solid solid impression that it was it would be his game of one of the his game of the years. To be honest, he said if it didn't have microtransactions, which it does. Um, but that was that was almost enough to get me to at the very least rent this one because I don't think it's worth buying for me. Maybe I may rent it. Um, but it was something new to play because I'm gonna be honest. I looked even in March. I don't know that there's anything in the month of March that I want to play, that I would like to like spend my money on. Um, and and that's I, there's there are games coming up that I want to play. Just none of them are coming. You know, in the next twenty days or so. So so I played Warcraft again, again. Well, Put that in your juice box. I've been way less productive. <laughs> well, I've had some time on my hands, so I've been uh, I've been a little I've been free a little bit uh, when I when I wasn't just almost feeling terminally ill. Uh, I was sitting at a desk at a, at a computer playing games or browsing the in, what seemed to be endless screens of, of game choices that that you know were futile but so that brings us to some of the gaming news do you have any gaming news that you'd like to share i know i've shared some over the over the week uh that i wanted to you know that i wanted to to talk about today but did you have anything or did you want to talk about any of those things uh, no, I just have like general regional news about the Brexit saga and its continuation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's a quite critical vote coming up, um, which will determine our political course. Um, it's speculated that if the vote, uh, if, if the parties don't come together and, and vote to have a, a deal Brexit, that they just won't have one at all and will stay in the EU. So uh, a very interesting next couple of weeks uh, as we swiftly approach the deadline. Um, do you have uh, insight? I mean, because to me, from what I've heard again, and I, I'm limited in my knowledge so much, but John Oliver pretty much gives me every bit of the information I know about Brexit so far. And it sounds like going back to the EU is better than wallowing in the middle of, you know, kind of somewhere in between. Yeah. I mean, that's my opinion. 
I think that leaving the EU would be a bad decision, but you know, I, I am biased. So, uh, <laughs> you do travel a lot too. Yeah, I travel a lot. You know, my interests in life tend to be a bit transient. So I'd like the option to move to other countries if it struck me. Um, and that would be made a lot harder if we left. Well, and it also sounds like there are other downsides <laughs> besides just that. I mean, like, anyway, we don't have to get into it. it I, I know it is maybe beyond the scope, but it it, it sounds like there – I, I couldn't imagine. And that's a huge it is a, – that's a big deal. Well, it's going to impact gaming simply because um, the regulatory system would be different. So instead of – um, doing a U.S. version and a European version, they would have to do a U.S. version, a European version, and a U.K. version, and an Australian version. You know what I mean? Like, it just, yeah. it increases the amounts of different type of releases based on regulation um, that they, they would need to put out. Uh, well, on a gaming note... Um, there, there were some pretty cool things that have been in the news, and then there were some strange, uh, odd, weird, disturbing things in the news. So uh, one of the first things I wanted to mention was the, the fact that we, and I'm going to go back and find out exactly when it was. We said on the show at some point um, that there had been a, and again, we weren't the first ones to report this, but we did, we did mention it, and not everybody was mentioning it. Uh, that the 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 uh, Nintendo Switch had a patent, or at least had applied for some patents for uh, VR stuff and VR capabilities, and it appears that the the Nintendo has announced a Labo VR kit for the Switch. So they'll have a little cardboard. I'm sure there'll be some sort of goggles or something that's that are inserted in it, uh, and then you just kind of plug in your or hook up your your switch to your cardboard headset. I'm not sure how that's going to work. Um, but uh, nonetheless, we called it that they were going to have some sort of uh, VR uh, experience on the switch. And what do you think about that? Well, I've always said that we are leading the trends here uh, and that if people just listen to us, <laughs> you know, they'd make better games. So uh, That's exactly what no, I'm I, telling I, you, at least two I, better games. <laughs> I think it's a natural evolution for the Switch. You know, it, it's a lightweight device and, uh, you know, Google's got a cardboard uh, VR kit. So it just makes sense to evolve Lava to do it. Yeah, and I mean, that cardboard kit doesn't cost, what's it, nine bucks or something like that? I can't remember exactly yeah. what it is, but... Um, How much does the Lavo you know, one cost, dare I ask? Oh, I don't know, but it's not going to be much more uh, if it is. And if it is, I'd assume that it will come with something, maybe be at least painted awesome. I don't know, who knows. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, that's I. I definitely think that it's the evolution. I don't know that I'll ever be on board, you know, 100% with VR. Uh, did I tell you about my VR experience uh, recently? The horror, no. horror game VR experience I had? Oh, my God. Okay, quick story. Um, I'm teaching a class, a night, I'm teaching a class uh, to, um, it's a cross-listed class at the university I work at where uh, 
I guess multiple disciplines can take it. So, and it, it actually kind of fits in their degree plan. Uh, it's called natural, the natural world and the digital experience. And it's comparing natural and digital experiences, kind of like the name. And the cool part about it is that we get to look at the similarities between natural and digital. We get to get exposed to like, I don't know, digital experiences that I wouldn't have gotten exposed to otherwise. And maybe the class wouldn't such as, um, I mean, we did, we did the, uh, who, whoever, who's it that, that, uh, that created Rick and Morty that did the office game or, uh, the, Oh, what's it called? Tax season or something. Office, office work. Um, if you're not familiar with it, it, you should just look it up because it's hilarious. It's a hilarious game. And it's, it's made by uh, one of the Dan Harmon, I think is who it is that, that did it. And I'll find, I'll look it up here in just a second. Um, but basically you, they're, they're hiring you for this job and, and you're supposed to make all of these like really important choices at the beginning of the game, but really none of the choices matter. And none of those choices have any impact on what happens in the game. It's just, they're just trolling you. It's the whole game is making fun of you, giving you a hard time. It's extremely vulgar. It's very funny. Um, you it's, it's, <laughs> and they, and the most of the time that they're talking to you in the game, I only played it for a little while. They're talking to you in this very monotone, low, uh, you know, uh, relaxing voice, but it's condescending. Like everything is condescending. And anyway, it's funny. And uh, if you've played it in VR, because that's it, you can only play it in VR, that's one of the games that I played and I would have never experienced otherwise. Um, I played a, a couple uh, rhythm games in it, um, but I just don't see playing... There's so many games that you can't play that way, in my opinion, that, that just I don't know that they would be as fun because... You just are plugged. I don't know. There's just maybe it's just not me. There are some people that might like to just dive headfirst into a virtual world, and I don't. You know, I don't enjoy having that much of my vision blocked all the time. Anyway, so I'm playing a horror game, and it's a horror game basically where you sit in the middle of a field, and you've got a gun, okay. and you're, uh, or you can you pick your loadout or whatever that you want, and and uh, waves of different zombies demons whatever start coming at you uh and you have to you know go rotate in 360 degrees and shoot them and keep them from getting to you well uh i watched the first few waves and somehow and i said no i wasn't going to do it then well i got talked into jumping in and doing it and i didn't consider the fact that they had already gone through three or four waves and now they're on like the fourth or fifth wave and uh, when i jumped in and i said okay i'll do it i'll do it so I start and basically you're, you're, you're pretty much completely immersed. So your vision's completely blocked and you've got uh, headphones on, which are, have like surround sound. If something's running behind you, you hear it run behind you. And so I'm listening to the sounds of feet, large feet running at me. Uh, and I can't tell what direction. I know it's in front of me, but I can't tell which direction it is. And it's far enough off that I can't really see it because it's at night. And so I'm trying to flash my flashlight at it. And I see it and I start to shoot at it. But when I do that, I hear these little bitty footsteps. And these little bitty footsteps start running right, like almost kind of next to me, right in front of me. And I look down and I see it and I say, oh, mother beep. 
in the middle of class and I take the headset off and I just hand it right back to the other professor that I'm working with. Oh said, my God, forget go. it. Yeah. There you go. Oh yeah. I dropped a big MF in the middle of the class and, and uh, yeah, that's so. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Uh, and, and you know, it's like, that was too much for me. It was too immersive. I was like, I kind of like to check out. I was like, nah, that's appreciated. Uh, it's it to me. It's a fun thing to dive in every now and then. But for me personally, VR will never be something that I am that interested in. Not the way that it is right now. And I don't know that I ever will be. Maybe if we're in a post-apocalypse, like in Ready Player One, and the rest of the world is that bad, then I'll just dive back into it. Maybe we'll see. But um, hopefully that's not, not the case. Um, anyway, so that was my VR experience. Um. Second thing, uh, I wanted to one one uh, bit of news that we talked about last time that at at uh, Disney Celebration or Star Wars Celebration, Disney Celebration, what's the difference? Uh, Star Wars Celebration that they were going to announce or at least show some Jedi Fallen Order footage, maybe maybe a trailer, some information. Uh, but uh, it was reported that Kotor two and Fallout New Vegas. Um, that individuals who had worked on both of those games were going to be, or were heavily involved, are heavily involved in creating Jedi Fallen Order. So, um, I mean, I thought that was really good news. It's good news that they've got a great pedigree from games that are beloved. I mean, New Vegas was, I mean, from what I heard, I didn't play it, was thought of as highly, if not even being better than Fallout 3. Did you play New Vegas? Yeah, I did, and I, you know what? I would agree. I think it was great. Yeah. So that's good. I mean, that's that says a lot uh, about it. I think, and or at least gives me high hopes. Yeah. Uh, so that's two. That's two good things. Uh, the last one, which may be its own episode uh, at some point, but I don't know enough about the logistics of it. I know that Steam and YouTube both have a similar way of letting the 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 actual platform do a lot of its own policing uh, and yeah. so you know they take care they kind of let let it take care of itself uh unfortunately somebody is going to push the envelope as much as possible uh and just maybe just to see what they can get away with i don't know um but there's a there was a there was an article on polygon where Basically, there's a game about uh, sexual assault against women uh, that is being, let's see if I can get a little bit more. The game is literally called Rape Day. Um, and oh, it is it is marked as adult only. So you can't you can't log in or you can't get it. You can't actually purchase it or anything unless you're logged into Steam and you've opted to see games of that nature as well as being of age. Um, the game's description lists evil choices, uh, verbally harass, kill, and and rape women. And I mean, do you? I mean, do you even have to go any further than that to? for there not to be some sort of intervention. Now, at the, at the time of this, as far as I understand, there has been no reaction uh, from Steam specifically or Valve. 
Uh, I don't know if this is going to be the the you know the the final straw where where some of these uh, these platforms have to actually intervene and and make a change and and I don't you can't I don't even think you consider this or can even call it why would you even think of calling it censorship in that in that instance when this is just it's almost like Valve's civil duty uh, to to pull a game like this but what what are your thoughts so first off I, I think there's a lot of hateful people in the world and those people kind of want to get their message out and they're going to use whatever media they think is defendable to do it so making it into a game or making a facebook post or making a subreddit group those things tend to be overlooked more often or covered by like kind of free speech policies and things like that I don't think there's any excuse for it in this country there there's free speech up into the point that it is you know racist or discriminatory or something like that then it can be classified as a hate crime um so i don't think that that game would fly here i think that steam would be forced almost to remove it um but it'll be interesting to see what happens in the u.s market with that um, I don't think that stuff like that should really exist because it's glorifying something horrific. Um, you know, there's lots of there's lots of admirable ways to talk about the subject of rape that actually educates people or empowers sufferers to speak out. Um, and I feel like some games have kind of tiptoed around that and tried to address it sensitively. But I think a game where the whole point is to engage in the activity is unacceptable. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree with you. And I think that, you know, as the, the more I've I, I read about this, this particular story, and I get the impression that the developer is really trying, is doing this as much to prove a point as anything else. I don't know that the game will ever get released. Um, let's see. One of the quotes from the developer wa- was, um, "You quote, you can't reasonably consider banning rape and fiction without banning murder and torture, unquote. Um, to me, that quote is, is disingenuine just uh, because I feel like it, like you said, if you have a, if you have a message, like if there's, if it's, if it's telling a story and it's for the over, it's, it has ultimately, there's a point to it. If it's just gratuitous, but then again, I mean, no, there is no then again, because I don't think that there are these false equivalencies of one being equal to the other. We're not talking about how this is equal to this, equal to this. I don't think I personally, again, this is just my personal opinion. I don't think that this game as it stands should exist the way that it is. I don't think that you should be able to call it this and, and publish it. If you want to publish this and make it free from a, uh, from a a free speech perspective, maybe that's the only way that it's possible. Um, but I don't, I still don't, I don't agree with it. But then, you know, there are things I don't agree with that you're allowed to do in this country. Um, and I, and 
And so I, I guess I would, I don't know, I don't know what to do in that perspective. I don't know what to say necessarily. Should it be illegal? Should, I mean, you, you, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You know, I mean, because you're, you're really, you're really treading on, yeah, they're, they're, they're towing. I mean, they're, 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 there's a very fine line and they're trying to stay right on the edge to make sure that this game stays technically within the, in the boundaries of, you know, Steam's um, policies so that you can't pull it. And you can't ban it because, you know, I, I've said it many times. I say it to my students. If you are creating a test, if you're creating, you know, something to evaluate uh, some someone, which is one of the courses that I teach, that you have to approach it from the perspective of whoever is taking it and how they are going to go about trying to beat your test. How are they going? To, because if you go from it from that perspective, you'll be thinking about how, OK, well, in this question, they may look at it this way. And so that biases the opinion or maybe changes the way they they perceive it. Well, they're basically just looking at the rules and writing the game around it, you know. And making sure that they dot all their eyes and cross their T's and you can't say anything. Uh, it's it's been you know, the game was modified so that it couldn't be, you know, uh, immediately pulled. Uh, but I don't, you know, I don't know what the answer is. If, if you're going to charge for it, I think that there's there's something wrong with it. If it's if it's a I think that you should pull it if they're going to charge for this game. Um, because regardless of, you know, it, they have I, I don't know. <laughs> If it were my company, let's just say if it were Stacy's, what we'll call it, uh, Bleem, my Bleem service, and uh, Bleem service, you know, uh, would have a, we would have the right to refuse games that were deemed generally offensive for these reasons, uh, or that depicted these things with, you know, and 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 lacked these other things. So you depict. If it's just gratuitously violent, just for the sake of you, like like port, like uh, torture porn, uh, yeah, like movies like Hostel and things like that, where there's not really a point; it's just to be violent and disgusting. Uh, yeah, and just horrible and mean and, and malicious and things like that. Well, I would probably say, well, you got to take that to another place. Someone else might publish that. We're not going to publish that. Um. Because of these reasons, but I, you'd have to be very careful the way that you word it and make sure that you put it in there so that it is as explicit as possible, but also, you know, that it's, it's hard, but I, it's, it is a, to me, it's, it's hard to write the policy. To me, it's not hard to, to say that this game probably shouldn't be on there. If that makes sense. You know, I don't know how to write the policy. I know when I see this one that it's it's the one where you should draw the line. And, you know, I just don't know that I can put it into words as articulately as I would need to to make it legal. <laughs> well, that's probably why we don't work for Steam. <laughs> that's right. Hey, but you can still take some of the stuff we said and apply it in legalese. Um, anyway, I just felt like that was uh, that was definitely noteworthy, and I realize that that's going to. Uh, have a disclaimer at the front of this this particular episode for obvious reasons. Um, 
just just for that particular story. But I felt like it was newsworthy, and I feel like that's something that you know needed to be addressed because that's that's deep. That's that's serious, and that's like in your face and accessible by kids. It's accessible, you know. I mean, yeah. So what? You can you could fake you being older and old enough to be able to or to buy that game if it is ever released. So I guess we'll see. Uh, all right. So on a, on a sort of lighter note, um, <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to our main topic, uh, which I am affectionately calling gaming the quest for more time. So I have, uh, I know again, I've also kind of said this in, in our chat, um, there was an article by The Verge that said the attention economy is dead. So when I say the attention economy, what does that mean to you? Well, I work in marketing, so so you probably uh, know this to term to a certain extent. Yeah, to a certain extent, you know, we're all about the attention economy. It's it's the value of impressions. It's the value of the frequency of those impressions. So an impression is every time that you see an advert, basically. And the frequency is how many times you see a particular advert for a company. So the the kind of critical uh, bit here is that because we see adverts in more places than ever before on the face of this earth, if, if you think back, you know, 20, 30 years ago, before the internet and before mobile phones, the only time that you're really exposed to adverts would have been uh, when you were consuming media. So you were reading a newspaper, you were reading a magazine, uh, you were watching television, or you were um, outside of your home and you saw adverts in, in print format on billboards, things like that, like outdoor media. Now you actually carry the most sophisticated advertising tool that has ever been developed in your pocket all the time, it knows everything about you, it listens to everything that you do, um, and it reports back where you've been and likely what you would have been doing at those locations so that advertisers can use it to further target you. Everything that you do makes you a bigger target if you engage with anything. So uh, let's say, for example, you put on Facebook that you're attending a, a rock concert in town that gets uh, tracked against your global profile and allows uh, marketers like myself and other advertisers to uh, target you kind of more effectively. Um, and so every single bit of your time and attention is monetized. When you're in an environment that has no advertising, uh, like you're watching uh, Netflix, for example, where you know they, they don't actually have ads, um, you are actually taking away possible impression time from other sources. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't, they advertise in that they will suggest things for you, you know, so you like this, so watch this, or you like this, so watch this. So the other day, uh, it, it was fairly recent, last couple of weeks, I said to my wife, I was like, I had this epiphany that this, whatever it was at the time, was is trying to maximize the time I spend doing that. 
and at the time it, it probably was Twitter, I think, or maybe Facebook, probably Facebook. And so, you know, and I, and I was just mentioning how it was like, how frustrating it was that social media and what they've done and what social media has done basically is they change, and you know this better than I do probably, they've changed the algorithm so that you don't necessarily get to see what's most recent. You get to see maybe something that you, some, something from someone who you interact with on a regular basis that could have been posted anytime within the last few days. And then you are slowly drip fed throughout the day reminders about what's going on, something that you might've been interested in. Here's something else that's going on. Here's something that you were just notified about actually six hours ago, but we're going to tell you right now. Um, and that happens for all of the social medias. And the point is, is in, you know, in my opinion, and, and again, something that I firmly believe because it's absolutely true is the only thing that you care about in this world are dopamine and serotonin. You can write that down. You can put it in your book. It is the only thing that people care about. And where you get your dopamine and serotonin is what matters. Right now, we have social media. We have video games, streaming services, all vying for your time. And this idea of an attention economy where you have so many waking hours and each of these platforms is, is vying for your time. And, you know, <laughs> you have to work. You're supposed to spend time, you know, cultivating and developing social relationships, actually being social. Um, you've got to drive to and from someplace or ride to and from someplace. If you ride the bus, you've got uh, to, you know, you've got, if you're like me, I've got work I have to do after work. I've got homework. I've got uh, writing and reading and, and other things that I've got to do um, that are specific grading papers. Uh, my kids are supposed to be reading books or, you know, and, and what I found, though, is when I have downtime, and when my kids have downtime and when my students have downtime, they're constantly plugged in. Now, I used to think that I was just an old fuddy-dud for this, for thinking, well, first of all, I use the word fuddy-dud. Secondly, <laughs> the fact that, you know, that I would see them plugged in, I would try to rationalize it. So, well, maybe it's the same as just reading a newspaper. Well, what are your, what are your thoughts? Because before I go into a rant or anything, I I definitely like to know. Like, what are your thoughts? Are, do you have, are you opposed or have any kind of uh, apprehension, reservations when you see someone immediately when they're disengaged from something social to immediately plug into something that's going to feed that dopamine cycle? Um, I think it's. I think it's hard now to maintain focus. So even if you're doing something social, like let's say you're having a conversation, you know, your phone is right there. You look over, you see notifications coming up. And even if you choose not to engage with them, you're still out of the moment. You've been taken away. You, you're thinking you're about what that's about. Now what's going on exactly you know i 
And it's not always positive FOMO as well. I think the more stressed that you are, the more that work bleeds into your life, the bigger the the attention deficit becomes, the more likely you are to take yourself out of a social situation and work or be thinking about it or be worried about your deadlines and things like that. Um, And I think video games at least are one of the few passive activities that actually to a certain degree prevents you from being constantly disrupted. I have recently developed a bad habit of not even being able to watch a full television show without checking my phone at least 15, 20 times. And that, that therein lies the problem, you know, to me. Therein lies the problem, and it is because of that 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 dopamine fix that you get from. Sometimes you, they can get it, it, it. This is not me being some tinfoil hat, you know, conspiracy theorist. It is how dopamine that response works. That that you do something that you get pleasure from, you get dopamine from it. That's how. That's what makes you feel the pleasure. It can start from getting a response. Checking the response, like you get a response, you check it because you know it's going to be something good. You get the good thing, you get dopamine. Eventually, it gets to where it's just the the notification that gives you the dopamine response. So no longer is it even something specific to you, maybe. It's just the notification. Then it's the checking of the notification. I'm just going to check my phone for the notification to get the dopamine fix. It's just a very short fix. But I'm eventually going to need more, so I'm going to have to do it again. I think that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in that it's that, you know, you and I'm I am 100 percent with you. It's like I, I tell my son that when he's playing Fortnite, when this when the screen is loading, not to turn on his iPad. I tell him not to turn on his iPad in that. 45 seconds that you have to wait between the time when it's, you know, because of how it divides your attention, because of how, and I'm telling him that knowing that I full well am guilty of doing the exact same thing, that when a commercial comes on, I sure as shit am going to turn on my phone and look at probably everything that I just checked within the last six or eight minutes. And, and I know I've done it and I know I'm not going to find anything. I know that there's nothing new that's going to be there, but I don't know that I even truly believe it or care because I'm going to do it anyway. You know, yeah. I think uh, I, I, I recently experienced the dark side of that. So instead of looking like, instead of expecting good things, obviously I'm going through a fairly stressful period of my life. And so every single notification fills me with a sense of panic and dread um yeah and obviously this will pass and you know it will eventually be fine but you know i'll be having conversations and then i'll see a notification that i know is from something that potentially could be bad and um you know like even whatsapp or outlook or whatever even an email and I suddenly feel extreme anxiety. And 
then when I'm watching TV, you know, I'll like get that feeling of anxiety, then I'll have to go and Google something. You know, I'll, I'll need to yeah. do a nice little Google spiral in the middle of an episode. I was watching The Walking Dead week before last, and I probably paid attention to maybe half of it. And the rest yeah. of it was cortisol-driven panic Googling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, which it's a day, you know, and I don't know how to stop it. Obviously, in this culture, you're expected to kind of be on all the time and to just deal with it and all sorts. But even now, even as we're talking... I have occasionally spaced out into a cortisol-driven Google test. I've had to plug my phone in across the room. Yeah, and and that may be the thing. It's there's a bit of self-control that that, and and we'll get to that because I definitely that's part of what I wanted to talk about. Um, but I, I really wanted to first address that potentially it is an issue, you know, that it or that it could be an issue. Um, but you're exactly right, and that's part of the problem is that because of technology, we are expected to be always kind of always on, always connected. Uh, and so, you know, and, and we're like, well, you can email me and I can respond to you through my phone. And so I'm always connected to work. Uh, because of that, I'm only a click away from being social. Uh, and then from that, I'm only a click away from going down some YouTube rabbit hole, you know, that, <laughs> uh, you know, could take up the rest of the time. But the point of it is, We've got games, social media, and streaming services that are all vying for all of those hours. All of their purposes are to fill that time. And I included games because only as of recently, I feel that has become part of, they've become part of the equation. Um, these streaming services purposefully are, you know, are, are, the only way they make money is if, well, they, they make money if you, pay for their service, but you usually only pay for their service if you feel there's merit. And if, you know, they, if there's merit, then you're going to be sitting there binge watching something for six to eight hours, which is taking time that you're not doing other things, you know? Um, I, I even know, and I've been guilty of playing YouTube videos through my, through my car while I drive so I can listen to them. And sometimes I've even you know, I'm not saying I've watched them while I'm driving. I definitely only watch them when I'm completely stopped, maybe in a parking space. Definitely not while I'm driving. Um, but I don't, I'm willing to bet that I am not the only person that has ever done that or worse, you know, just because I'm feeling time that I would not otherwise have, you know, uh, with one of these, these services that, that I, I just don't, I want to enjoy that video or this, but I don't have the time because I'm doing this, that, or the other. Well, what if I could do all of those things at the same time? Yeah, I promise you, you're not doing one of those things very well. <laughs> if you are, you know, um, but that brings me to games and, and how I wanted to bring those into the equation. So in my, in, in, in my opinion, I think games these AAA games, the, the things, these trends that we're seeing of games being padded for time, live services, they are becoming the next, the next, I don't know, I guess, um, the, the next challenger in this attention economy uh, for your time. You know, they, they are the ones, they're the next thing that's like, we need, and I think it's a miscalculation on the, on the CEOs of these companies who are thinking that that's what games were supposed to be. 
but I, but I'm also interested in kind of what you think because some of these games like Anthem or uh, Destiny or um, Anthem being maybe more flagrant. I'm not sure because I didn't. I played Destiny. I've only heard a little bit about Anthem. Uh, I, I would even say World of Warcraft. I mean, if you're truly being honest, uh, World of Warcraft. They are. They you have to come in and log in and check in for so many hours if you want to if you want everything that's in the game like it's it's not possible to see everything to have everything to and and I think the culture is going this way and I, I see Bellular Gaming and some of these other wow channels that are that are talking about how we just need something that's harder or more. And I think it's because you have these influencers and people who don't have anything else to do that are able to do that all the time. And it changes the way that other people may look at it, I guess. I don't know, but it's complicated. And I'm curious what you think. Well, I think mobile games are the most honest when it comes to being obvious about what they want from you. Um, you know, they create these timers, they create these countdowns, they um, don't have, typically don't have an end. I mean, Candy Crush has got to be on, I don't know how many levels, a thousand, who knows? Like when it first started, I swear I remember there only was 300 levels, but they're determined to be part of your everyday routine, something that you do. Um, and they, they do this by interrupting whatever else you are doing to let you know that your stamina is refilled or that your energy is available and you can go to attack or that you're currently not building any settlements. So you need to log in and do that. Um, I think mobile games, because they're on a device that you're always, you always have to hand, are probably the most attention-seeking of all media because they are, they're constantly there. And they'll send right. you, you know, dozens of notifications a day, especially if you're doing one, you know, if you're playing one of the games, it's like a, like a world building or fortress building, like the game I was talking about last week that I downloaded, um, Mobile Royale. I probably get a dozen notifications from them every couple of hours, you know, to the point where it's fun, but now, I feel like, oh, I, well, I better log in and do this, and I better log in and do this. They'll probably end up uninstalling it just because I really don't have the time, and it isn't fun to be constantly interrupted all day. Yeah. With something that you know I really can't be giving my attention to. That that's my perspective. Is that you know the the other services they are a bit sly about it. They're a bit uh, maybe even disingenuous. Um, but you know even um even netflix and things like that amazon has recently started advertising to me on my phone that you know new shows are available on amazon prime because they have access to it yeah they have access to it so you know and i'm fairly certain that once they figure out how to legally do it then the the voice assistant devices in my home will start advertising to me yeah (laughs) But that's the thing. I, I think that these game, the games, the AAA games, took that uh, that process, that that code, the 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 uh, 
I guess the essence of these mobile games and and are putting them into these these other games. You know these and they're they're they have the illusion of being. And I guess you most of these games you can get around all that stuff by just playing the game and then being done with it. However, there are games that almost require you to grind or to to or be forced to pay the money to make sure that you can actually get whatever the resources are so that you can level up your character so you actually can finish the game so that it's not overly difficult uh, or impossibly difficult purposefully so you do have to spend more money, spend more time. Um, you know, and, and, and uh, yeah, I, I just... I think that that uh, we're, we're going to reach critical mass is what's going to happen. And, and uh, one of the things about the finite resources and this game, this infinite game, this pursuit for, for all of them, when there's only so many is that some, something is going to clap back at it. You know, I think that there is going to be a backlash, uh, for all of this. Um, and maybe it'll be subtle or quiet. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that may be, uh, for another show just to think about what the, what the actual repercussions or consequences of this are going to be. Um, or maybe we're seeing it already. Uh, but anyway, in my, I had a couple questions to finish it up. I, I wanted to see what are some of the services that you use, you know, that, um, they could be the, the streaming services. Um, they can be, you know, do you, do you use any of the streaming services? Do you use any of the game, uh, services like, uh, PS Plus, or I know you don't use PS Plus. I'm just using it as an example. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, do you use any of those services? What do you use? And then, what are your strategies to you know to to navigate and balance that? Uh, well, I've unfortunately got the trifecta. So on my Xbox console, <laughs> I've got Amazon Prime. I've got Netflix. I've got SkyGo. Uh, I've got YouTube, I've got film four, I've got, or I've got more four, I've got more five. Like I pretty much have an, a relatively limitless access to visual media. Um, yeah. and I don't think I manage it very well. If I'm <laughs> honest. Um, uh, not because I, I failed to get things done, but I think maybe I've gotten so used to accessing whatever I want, whenever I want that I don't segment my time to enjoy it. You know, the, the TV is always on. It's on now as we speak, you know, it, yeah. it's always on. My phone's always in my hand. You know, the laptop is just a few inches away. Like, there's actually like quite a lot going on. The only thing that I can say is that previously I used to have TV in my bedroom, which really kind of disrupted my sleep patterns. Now I make a decision when it's time for bed. And then I go into a room where there is no um, technology. And I, I don't tend to look at my phone again once I put it on charge. Um, so that's good at least. Um, Someone yeah, recommended to me the, the book by uh, Ariana Huffington called Thrive, where she talks about like making a bedtime and, and a morning routine and claiming that time for yourself. And I think I, I need to, especially while it's challenging in my life, I need to make a more concerted effort to 
choose what I'm doing at any given moment and just do that. Um, and, and that's something that I'm, I'm going to try to be more mindful for, but I've, I've got everything. That's the, pro- that's the problem is that yeah. I've got everything. I've got voice control. I've got this, I've got that. I, I probably rarely spend any time not consuming media. Yeah. Um, even, even on the train, I've got, you know, I've got movies downloaded from Netflix. I took a one hour train journey today and I watched Star Trek the whole time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, the whole time, uh, which, which actually was probably one of the few times that I only watched Star Trek, but unfortunately they've, they've put Wi-Fi on the underground at the stations, you know, a couple of years back. But ever since they did that, now even the underground isn't safe. You know, oh, yeah. if I pull into a station and it connects, then boom, here comes my messages. Here comes WhatsApp. Here comes Facebook. Here comes, you know, my brother telling me what's going on. You know, you obviously it's not a bad thing, but you saying, are we recording today? You right. know what I mean? Like the, the disruptions, they just don't, yeah. <laughs> there's no safe place. And I feel like you're discouraged from actually saying, enough is enough you know you, from, yeah, if you turn yeah. off your phone people like freak out they think you're dead <laughs> they do it is ubiquitous right i mean your your connectivity is if you are not connected there it's like you're weird there's something wrong uh, we need to check on that person where where that not that long ago it wasn't unheard of and it really wasn't that long ago that it wasn't unheard of to just you know have to go see someone to see if they were okay or call them on their house phone or, uh, you know, or write them a letter or, you know, or you could even email them. I mean, obviously we're not talking about you know, that too long ago. I'm just saying that, that there were other ways that we corresponded. There were other ways that we, excuse me, stayed communicating, uh, regularly and, and, uh, that it wasn't this instant gratification and everything being that way and being, and feeding that dopamine, uh, you know, that, that, that feedback system and and it's just i don't know how to turn it off what's that i don't know how to turn it off do you know how to turn it off i I was gonna say so we both just did it just now we both just did it just now yeah we both replied to a message in the group exactly i'm telling you it is it's a sickness and and uh i probably and you know the thing was is while you were talking i was tempted to check two other things like, oh, I've got this other thing I'm going to do later today. I've got to do this too. And instead of staying in the moment. So this is something I've talked to my son about. And 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 I'm using that example. I use it with him because it's definitely a reflection of something that, I, that I'm conscious of and I'm trying to do myself. So I tell him that when he is focused or is he, if he's engaged with one thing, then he has to put the other thing away. So one of the things that I've tried to do is... Like you did, like you said, if your phone is plugged in, that I leave it, I leave it wherever it is, um, that I try to consciously not check my phone the first thing in the morning. I consciously try to not grab it, pick it up, touch it. Don't do anything. If I grab it, I try to put it back down. And I say try because I do sometimes consciously say, I probably should put this back down, but I need to take it with me. <laughs> and I definitely... <laughs> So it's like, I don't, I don't feel like it's something, it's something that I don't always want to do. You know, it's like, and, and that's, that is to me, maybe the sign of an addiction that I don't want to change. And, and I, that I'm almost kind of need it 
to fill the gaps between these. Whereas I'm still very fine. I'm sitting out on my front porch listening to just the wind and nothing else. I'm fine with that. I appreciate and enjoy that. Uh, I would like to do that more. I love being on my motorcycle with no sound, no radio, no nothing. That's one of my favorite times. And that is me completely unplugging from everything. Like I have no, there's no GPS. There's no, there's no nothing but my headlights or the street and the sounds and the smells and all that stuff. That's, that's awesome to me. Um, but it takes a conscious effort and setting up boundaries and then sticking to the boundaries. And then like, if you're by yourself, that's one thing, but if you've got a family of five, and you're trying to somehow navigate that, then the rules, you got to be more strict. And I know that's something that I'm, you know, focused on and struggling with now, especially with the baby, that um, we use, we use, uh, you know, YouTube all the time with her. So she likes uh, Peppa Pig. We tr I try not to like oversaturate her with that and just and give her that all the time. Um, but there are times when we are all doing something because we've filled all of our time with something to do and, and, uh, she needs either attention or she needs, uh, consoling. And, and the only thing that really would console her at the time is something that distracts her. And it's almost always Peppa Pig, Peppa Pig. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so we'll, we'll give her Peppa Pig, Peppa Pig and she will sit there and watch it for, you know, 15, 20 minutes and then we'll finish folding towels or whatever else and then get back to, you know, get back to life. But anyway, it's, I think it's complicated and I think it's infiltrated slowly. It's infiltrated our lives in a way that maybe I don't think a lot of us are, were even conscious of. And I think it's going to reach critical mass. That's just, I'm just calling it. I think we're, we're, we're reaching a point where we just don't have enough time and something is going to have to give, you know, is it social? Is it going to be productivity? Yeah. You can only be so productive, you know, I mean, you, you, we're only human. You can only, you can't work more than 24 hours a day and you can only do that for one day, you know, before you, you start to <laughs> deteriorate mentally. So, um, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the answer is really, but I do know that it take it's, it, it'll take a concerted effort and it's not going to be easy, you know, to, to try to wean ourselves off. I'm not saying that it's bad because I personally don't believe it's bad. I believe that our overindulgence in it is not good. You know, that's, that's really the point because the information there's, there's so many things we can do with the tools that we have. Um, unfortunately we try to do them all, all the time. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so any, any closing thoughts on that? Any, any last, last ditch, uh, solutions maybe? I don't know, man. If I had the answer, I wouldn't feel the way I do most days these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll have to revisit this later if we if we come up with some some potential solutions, some positive ways to to handle uh, social media and gaming in in a an attention economy. Ooh, there's another episode. All right, we'll do that. All right, bank it. Bank it. Well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All of the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. 
If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at RetroRebel at TempleOfGeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later.